This is the pilot episode of Vertigo. I'm Slava Borisov, and today I'm talking to Joe Conto, a professor of hospitality management at Paul Smith's College in upstate New York. Here is my conversation with Joe. Piccolo, yes. Yeah, it's still there, yeah. But um, the conversation that was there uh, revolved around the cruise line industry. Do you remember this conversation by any chance? It, was, it must have been like at least three or four years ago. It must have been four years ago. I, I do. I, I, I remember the gist of the conversation for sure. Okay, good. Because I, I forgot almost everything, except that I remember that there was, um, on your part, there was a suggestion that the whole industry is sort of unsustainable, uh, or at least it's not... It's it's prone to be uh, what's the word disrupted it's disrupted by by a crisis like this or 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 even like without a crisis just kind of long term trends. What was your reasoning uh, in saying mm-hmm. that? Well, well, interestingly, yeah, uh, if, if I remember correctly, uh, because I've been thinking about it again uh, lately. As you know, I'm a, uh, a professor of, of hospitality and tourism and general business, but specific to the tourism industries, and I've been sort of interested in the in the cruise industry for a while because, well, because of a number of reasons. A, because of its sort of reputation, I'm not gonna say deserved or undeserved, I guess, for being uh, very wasteful with, uh, with resources. Uh, you know, it, it's, sort of an, <laughs> it's sort of an unnecessary aspect, right? To have a floating um, resort and to, u- and to use up uh, so many uh, resources, you imagine the disposables and the uh, and the fuel consumption and, and uh, all these sorts of things that are that are occurring. And as we are moving towards um, more sustainability, or, or you know, at that time, I, I'm, I'm thinking that everything's in suspended animation as far as what we care about right now in the world. But uh, sustainability, obviously, uh, has grown even more so since we had that conversation. It always struck me that the next generation, uh, right, is just not going to be as accepting of something that is so... Um, appears to be so blatantly uh, lacking in true environmental uh, sustainability, mm-hmm. one type of sustainability. And, you know, sustainability, right, uh, goes beyond just the idea of the environment. There's cultural sustainability. And okay. again, admittedly, uh, you know, cruise ships um, let off at port and there is uh, cultural unsustainability that, uh, that occurs. Uh, you know, um, Cinque Terre. Is an example? Uh, of, uh... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, um, Cinque Terre in, in Italy, those, uh, uh, those five, there are uh-huh, five. Cinque Terre, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, you the say it with a better accent. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah, the five villages that are relatively close to one another on the west coast uh, of Italy have had a, uh, a surge in, in tourism since the opportunity they've provided for cruise ships to uh, port. There. Is there a and, port there? Uh, yeah. Uh, and it's relatively recent, the, the last uh, several years. Mm-hmm. And uh, since then, there has been just an overflow 
uh, because I don't know if you visited, but uh, they're no. um, they're all unique, very beautiful. Areas. There's like a, a a railroad that runs between them, or like a like a tiny little train. That... Yeah, exactly. And this okay. is the interesting part, Slava. So so the railroad runs between them, and then there's also a, a walking trail, you know, that uh -huh. you can take, and you can actually hike from town to town. Uh, and and you could, well, you're, you're once you're in one town. To drive to the next town, you have to sort of go all the way out and then come back in, you know, go inland and come back in. So driving from town to town doesn't make as much sense. So uh, they had these two ways to get from uh, from town to town. When they had the cruise ships begin to uh, disembark, there, uh, there, there were suddenly these surges of tourism in these towns and they were sort of overrun. Uh, and and the, the whole charm of the town, of course, typically is ruined with, when there's a volume of, uh, of tourism. And in addition to that, the, uh, the cruise ship uh, tourists typically only go uh, in maybe two or three blocks, right? Because they're, they, you know, they have a limited amount of time and often they are uh, not interested in doing real sort of adventure travel. Right. That's why in a, and they in always a, eat on board, right? Uh, well, nope, they, they, can, they can eat uh, off board uh, mm -hmm. as well. But, uh, but suddenly, and, and the, I'm going to be putting everybody down, the demographic uh, often of a, of a cruise uh, person is oh, somebody yeah. who, who wants convenience, right? Wants everything under one. 50 plus. Uh, under one, 50 plus. So, uh, so these folks, you know, typically aren't going to go deep into a city to find uh, unusual spots and, and that sort of thing. So the, the entire few blocks right, right along the shoreline are developed specifically for a, a certain demographic of tourists. Mm -hmm. And often that doesn't lend itself to, uh, to an authentic experience and uh, authentic you know, handmade gifts and, 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 and those sorts of things. So, it so just, there's basically a bunch of souvenir shops around there. Yeah, and exactly. Or um, uh, American style uh, uh, food products, you mm -hmm. know. Oh, okay. uh, <laughs> <laughs> now I see yeah, where yeah. you're going with this. Right, right. And, and, and not fast food and that sort of thing, but certainly not you know, truly uh, yeah, not Italian food there. Things to that area and not true Italian food or, or this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, because of that, there's also a, a cultural unsustainability that occurs when you have, you know, there, there are cruise ships, not the ones that are disembarking there necessarily, but, uh, you know, 11,000 uh, passenger cruise ships that are, uh, that are traveling around. So if you, if, if it does uh, descend on a, on a smaller town, well, obviously that is going to change the makeup. Um, right. From a cultural standpoint, interestingly, this is off topic, but, but it's a sustainability thing that Cinque Terre and, and other uh, places have done. But Cinque Terre specifically tracks the number of tourists in any one town. And once it gets to a of, of the five and once it gets to a certain level, no more are allowed in because they can truly control the movement from people uh, from one to uh, the other. I was speaking with somebody uh, who is a tourism uh, person, uh, a professional there and uh uh, on the on the walking trail, they will simply say, you know, you cannot go to this next town until that town clears out a little bit, and then mm. we'll let more people in. There's almost a bouncer, if you can imagine, on the on the hiking trail, and the train system simply won't stop uh, for disembarkment at a town uh, that is too crowded, you know, un until until later in the day. So they're trying to even out between the five towns. Social distance, if you will. <laughs> in a way, right? But, but, but to decrease the density, which is a word we're going to be using right. more and more as we go as we go by. So I've always thought to myself that the cruise industry it was going to, from a public relations standpoint, was going to have a difficult time moving forward uh, at the same rate as it has been uh, because of, um, of these two past things. And the third thing is on ship. You know, cruise ships have always been 
uh, more subject to spread of, of disease, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Why do you think Cinque Terre uh, allowed this port to be built there if they if they had such problems with you know over tourism? Well, uh, they didn't really up until that point, and uh, uh, you you know look any any area that is based on tourism. Uh, understands their high periods and low periods. And what you are trying to do often is to extend the period of, of high period uh, or, or at least shoulder period, right? The, this time period where you're not truly in low uh, time periods. But uh, tourism really is you have to make all your money at once, unfortunately, right? Mm. Because you, you simply can't say, come back in November, you know, to, to a town that isn't attractive in in november two types of tourism slava there's something called push tourism and pull tourism mm -hmm. uh, some things have push tourism right i live in the adirondack mountains of new york state a very beautiful uh physically beautiful area for outdoors people and that sort of thing and certain at certain times of the year push tourism does it right people are, are just naturally pushed here uh by their by their interest in uh fly fishing or skiing or something of that nature during the other times of year we have to employ pull tourism where we have to create something that is going to pull them here, like a conference center that, that would pull meetings during the shoulder season. Mm -hmm. Our biggest example is Disney World, right? Uh, there's no natural push tourism to go to uh, Orlando, right? if we think pre-Disney World, right? It, it, was, uh, it was in central uh, Florida. I've actually and, never been. I don't know if there's anything beyond. Uh, uh, well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll never know because it's, it's all become Disney World. So, so, so there was not really a lot of push tourism there for most uh, people, mm -hmm. but uh, pool tourism uh, is the idea that Disney uh, Disney World was built, and now uh, there's all sorts of reasons to go there, but they're created reasons. There's not a natural push for people to uh, to visit there. So tourist areas have to often employ these pool uh, pool tourisms, and a port of call for a cruise ship is is pool tourism to add on to the already existing push tourism. I'm furiously um, googling or duck duck going to um yeah. to a map to see orlando is inland so yeah it's in the middle so do cruise ships like actually come close to that or what's <laughs> no 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 uh the the I, I, in chiquitera the pool tourism i was talking about was uh, allowing a cruise ship to port right right in in uh in orlando florida uh they can't have a cruise ship port or anything so they built mm -hmm. disney world right disney world itself is the draw when you create or, or build purposely uh a man-made uh draw to bring people in that's called mm -hmm. pool tourism. okay yeah so it's basically artificial right? uh, so 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 there was yeah there, there was no natural push tourism necessarily in uh in central florida all right so so cultural sustainability cinque terre uh ranks kind of low on that well, they're doing a lot to to regain it. I, I think it just uh, got out of hand uh, a bit. Uh, a number of uh, number of places are uh, well, you know, almost any uh, tourism based, beautiful tourism based site that has a culture to uh, explore. Uh, that culture will often uh, become exploited if it isn't uh, protected. As you can probably tell, I was getting a bit distracted, and the reason was that I kept trying to pull up my uh, press clips and other prep for the next section uh, to ask Joe about the health risks of taking a cruise. But this turned out to be the least interesting part of our conversation, so 
with your permission, I'm going to omit it from the recording. I'll just copy and paste the money quote from this segment, and we'll continue on our conversation from there. Something like travel that has so many options and is ultimately unnecessary. Public relations or public perception is terribly important, right? There, there are going to be specific modes of uh, tourism, like the cruise industry. I think that that are going to be hit hard by this because it's seen as a carrier of disease. And there are going to be、um, regions of the world that are going to be affected in the same、uh, way. Places that either had strong uh, tourism uh, perception or building, you know, we're we're effectively building that are going to be set back、uh, a great deal. Actually, I was I was doing my really quick, too quick of prep、yeah. for this thing, and I downloaded the map which showed different countries and their respective part of the not not so much the、uh, the, the share of economy, but like just in absolute numbers. And、um, I didn't know any of that stuff.、So、like for example,、uh, the United States,、uh, almost half a trillion in tourism. Yeah, sure.、Uh, you, you know, ten percent, ten percent of the global GDP. Uh, is produced by is、uh, by, by the、really? tourism industry. Yeah, ten、okay. percent. I thought it was like more like three, but okay. <laughs> I, I I only say that because I looked that up this morning myself. Okay, good. good. I, re- I remember quoting it in the somebody's I, prepared. I, I teach a course、uh, in it, and I, it struck me as ten, and I I verified it this morning. So these are different numbers, are vastly different, and、uh, some countries obviously derive a much higher share of their overall、uh, budget and GDP from from tourism. Sure. How do you expect this to play out? Not this year or next year, but like over over the next ten、uh, years. What do you see happening in the international long long distance tourism、uh, industry, and how it's going to affect, especially European countries, which seem to be the 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 primary destinations for for at least for Americans and Canadians,、mm-hmm. uh, Russians too. Right.、Uh, well, I tell you what,、um, I, I think we're going to、uh, see tourism. Uh, bounce back faster than than people、uh, believe, and by that I mean eighteen months or so that、mm. uh, we're going to、uh, going to see that. But that doesn't mean it's not going to like f- bounce back to the full、um, to the full.、Uh, well, of- cl- close to you, you know, we were at、uh, near record levels just before this,、mm-hmm. and this was expected to be you know record breaking、uh, years for、uh, for for a lot of people.、Uh, the airline industry has been、uh, or will be. Uh, disrupted, disrupted、uh, greatly. You know, they're in the hundreds of billions.、Uh, rather, I, I guess the the number I read this morning was something like 113 billion、uh, in in losses.、So、oh yeah, and and if, and if, if that's okay, if this is the mode by which people get from place to place, that is going to uh, uh, make things quite difficult, especially if we lose a few、uh, carriers, right? Because then. The number of、uh, seats go down, and、uh, obviously, supply and demand tells us that those remaining seats will be、uh, filled at a higher, higher rate. So,、uh, travel might become、uh, more expensive、uh, in that sense. I'm thinking that in the next just couple of years, there is going to be、um, uh, travel closer to home. Uh, mm-hmm. So the the idea of、uh, of Europe will will come back. You know, if, if we're looking at U.S. travel in those other、uh, countries that we just mentioned, traveling to Europe, Europe, we have quite a,、uh, a quite an affection for. 
right? I, I think uh, certainly in North America, we see Europe as uh, not only our, you know, our distant relatives in many ways, but also, uh, uh, you, you know, we, we, have a, we have a warm spot for them. It's the same in Russia, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's become this sort of, I don't know, living fairy tale land, you know, simply because of the, yes. uh, the looks of it and that sort of thing. So uh, I think they are going to, uh, if they play their cards right and market right, I think they can come out of this. Uh, okay, you know, this isn't World War II, meaning, uh, you know, the infrastructure remains in place. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that is a big part of it. All we have to do, and I know all, it sounds easy, but we have to rebuild economy. We don't have to rebuild cities. There hasn't been, there hasn't been physical loss. And the reputation hasn't been uh, really hit at all. It's more like, oh, poor Italy. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think, uh, unfortunately, I think from a public relations standpoint, um, China is people feel like they have a lot to answer for. Uh, truth and perception are two very, very different things. I don't know how the how the truth will uh, play out. We're at the very beginning of this, but uh, I think already uh, this was a place that had become more and more open for tourism, and I think they're going to have uh, difficulty uh, finding their way back mm-hmm. on that uh, on, on that road specifically. So. Oh, well, speaking of, um, um, you didn't really mention that, but I, but I have this kind of weird fantasy regarding, you know, air travel and cruise ships and and the whole thing. Uh, and my fantasy is that, um, you know, before a certain year, which I should have looked up, but you know, let's say 1950, uh, there was quite a few ocean liners plying um, the space between the Americas and 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 Europe, and they've all gone out of business. Uh, do you see any possibility that maybe a couple, of, not cruise lines, but like ocean liners, like regular ships, essentially, you know, just three days to London kind of thing. Do you see any possibility that some of them may be like, you know, resurrected, retrofitted and put in service? Uh, I, I would say, I would say no. Um, okay. The, yeah. I, I think even with the airlines, it would only take a few years for that to, in, in you know, I, I know years sound like a long time, but in the, in recorded history, it is mm-hmm. just a, a tiny blip. Uh, so, for, for the amount of time it's going to take the airline industry to you know, right itself, which is years, the, the idea of resurrecting an ocean liner and making that a viable model, I, I can't, I can't see it. And okay. the idea of uh, slow travel, <laughs> I think, is going to be even uh, less sell. appealing. Yeah. Well, well, after after this, remember we've only been in in these isolations here. Well, in my world, you know, three weeks, and uh, it's already taking effect with uh, with many people. So, sure. I, I think I think the idea of three days to London will not sound romantic at all. Well, it was also fairly cheap uh, on a per passenger basis if you if you pack a lot of people on that boat. Uh, but then again, like it could be like a much bigger risk of getting something. I imagine. I imagine a small percentage would like that, uh, Slava. But uh, I, I would. It's that's my, I know my you dream. Would. Oh, 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 I know, <laughs> I know you would. But um, uh, but uh, no, people no. with ten day vacations. No, are not, no they, yeah. the, exactly. The average person uh, simply this isn't going to be appealing. I think the average person, and I'm talking North America, is going to stay in North America for uh, for at least a few seasons and and drive and drive. Know? So okay. we're looking, yeah. We're, we're, we're looking at anybody who's within a five-hour drive from a major hub, not a hub, excuse me, a major population is probably going to be benefit uh, right. in the same way that they did after 9-11 here in the United States at any rate. So y- y- you are in one of those um, areas yeah. that might actually stand to benefit. 
Well, uh, you know, we were on such an upswing that had been uh, built in here at the Adirondacks uh, of, uh, of New York State. We're on such an upswing, and we were doing exactly what I talked about earlier, uh, the idea that we had extended our season well past, uh, you, you know, many mountain uh, resort areas uh, were Labor Day to, excuse me, the other way around, Memorial Day to Labor Day summer resorts mm-hmm. um we, we had a, we have a lot of winter activities with, with skiing and that sort of thing here so we were able to make something out of the winter as well but well, the olympics yeah the olympics a couple of times helps too though you know the last time we had the olympics here i'm in lake placid by the way uh the last time we had the olympics here was 19 i wasn't sure if so. you wanted to dox yourself or not. <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah I, I think i'm fine uh but uh but the idea well when you said olympics and adirondack mountains i think that pinpointed it pretty uh pretty well mm-hmm. no I, I, anyway they're referred to in the tourism industry as rubber tire uh destinations meaning that uh, if people can drive there they are going to feel more in control of everything this is about control right uh people you know we talked about cruise ships earlier and the idea that well if i get on is something going to happen and i'm stuck there yeah or uh you know airlines if i get on can i control the air quality and who was sitting in my chair before etc cetera, etc cetera. that's actually uh, what terrifies people about all these uh, well, planes sure. falling out of the sky because it's just you always think that if you drive you can just at the last moment just like you know take a sharp left and then avoid the collision around. yeah I but like if you're on a plane i could be home yeah yeah <laughs> i'm in control even though we all know right you know that uh that the number of people you know killed in cars are, are yeah vast yeah i know it's a, it's an number. illusion it's everything's an illusion right and uh so uh just the whole idea that uh they're going to be moving i think people are going to be traveling at least for a while to lower density things whether it is a location i think these enormous festivals that have uh been Uh, been growing year after year after year are going to, I, I probably, we're going to see smaller, more oftenly held more often and smaller festivals, these, these enormous things where there are just uh, vast numbers of people all in one area are going to be difficult. Coachella. And, yeah. Well, Coachella style things, right? And if things, something like Coachella, though Coachella is a lot of young people, so I can never predict what they're going to do truthfully. It's well, typically I what I don't well. I think, whatever they know i'm no longer young so i <laughs> yeah i know right it's been a while for me too uh but I, at any rate um the places that are getting ahead of this i think are going to again set up the illusion of control uh cleanliness and um a natural social distancing again i i do think of the area that i'm in here mm-hmm. that, that i think it will benefit from people just saying well at least i'm not on top of somebody uh there right you know you can you can get away and the 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 day-to-day activities are spent not in uh shoulder-to-shoulder activity Hmm. i think sporting events are going to be uh tough uh a tough comeback for uh for some areas as well well this might be a weird um tangent but uh you know of your relatively famous neighbor there um a writer called james howard Konstler. He lives in upstate New York. Sure. About, a, about an hour. Yeah, about an hour, 45 minutes away. Yeah. Right. So he, he thinks that this whole region and, and, and similar regions uh, will enjoy a renaissance of sorts when big cities become dysfunctional and uh, people will start moving out to smaller towns and, you know, that those, especially those located on, on rivers. And do, do, do you see anything, anything like that happening? Like, you know, a massive, like wave of ex New Yorkers moving upstate to settle in Lake Placid and around, around this area. Right. It, it, it is interesting, isn't it? That, um, uh, you know, there, there, again, after 9-11, there was a, a surge in the real estate market here, but for uh, second homes, 
this is uh, one of the uh, one of the tough parts of it is uh, often somebody who wants to get away from the city <laughs> doesn't necessarily know a way to completely extricate themselves mm-hmm. uh, because that's where their their, their job is from, or whatever yeah. right so so it becomes a um, a matter of having a second home that they can travel to to escape uh, this uh, the day to day but also in a case like this with a place where they could escape to sort of ride out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, bug out. This nature. Uh, yeah, a lot of mountain towns and resort towns have had a uh, a surge of uh, second homeowners coming in and riding it out uh, in that area, which has been difficult for uh, for many of those same towns because they simply, if if uh, the coronavirus was brought uh, with them, right? Uh, you know, these towns like ourselves simply don't have the resources. Uh, you know, we we have a emergency room that closes at eleven o'clock here, right? Mm. You know, the next one is is you know next town over sort of thing, and then the next town over is twenty minute drive away from that. So uh, if if uh, if that sort of thing uh, occurred now as an escape hatch. Uh, it would be very, very difficult for for towns. I'm not talking about mine specifically, but resort towns overall that are uh, second homeowner uh, populated. So I imagine, like, how do people, you know, how do townies, uh, how do they view these, uh, what's the word, um, carpetbaggers? Uh, <laughs> no, we don't call them carpetbaggers. Uh, like, like in, in this part of the world, I think they're often referred to as downstaters. Downstaters, okay. Because right. they're from downstate. And I think they use that term in uh, in Vermont. I think New Hampshire as well. No, I don't know about... At any rate, it doesn't matter. Uh, the, the idea of a downstater is anybody from, you know, uh, down there who, mm-hmm. uh, who moves up. And I'm sure other uh, resort areas or mountain areas have, have similar terms. Do people view them as, as like sort of like a foreign element that are clearly, you know, sticking out like sore thumbs? Sure. I, but, but again, that part isn't, isn't new. You know, um, when I lived on Martha's Vineyard, they were referred to as summer people. Right. Mm. And, uh, and, and there was the term thing saying summer people, summer not, you know, uh, the idea that, uh, <laughs> that's uh, good. <laughs> Uh, they, 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 you know, a, a lot of folks are, are super nice. They, they they love the idea of being in a place like this. They just can't justify it because they make their living uh, elsewhere. And then like like any group, you know, some people are just unspeakably uh, horrible. But but you can say that of any mass of, uh, of, of people overall. Mm-hmm. But at this time in particular, I'm finding that uh, people would really appreciate it if everybody just stayed where they were and our population didn't grow for this reason, I think there's a there's a feeling of there's always a feeling of resentment uh, in a in a resort town when you have people who are part time right. there because it's a uh, different social class. Exactly, a different social class. B, it changes the uh, the makeup of a of a town, a neighborhood that is suddenly become half second homeowners. That that neighborhood can feel like a ghost town, right, uh, mm-hmm. during the off season because half the uh, houses turn into uh, vacant vacant homes. And, uh, you know, many people don't move to a neighborhood so they can have an empty house on either side. Yeah. Uh, and then there's the difficulty. Listen, I could go on and on. There's difficulty of Airbnb uh, where the, the empty house on either side suddenly becomes a uh, 10 to 12 person party home, you know, every uh, every long weekend. And so uh, so it does change the ma- again. Cultural sustainability is as important as environmental sustainability in uh, in tourism areas. And uh you know, making it livable for the for the year round resident is uh, just as important as as maintaining its authenticity for the visitor. Mm-hmm. So, 
there's a lot of difficulty with that. So to answer your question, I foresee that happening again. I, I foresee the real estate market here uh, getting, uh, yep, yep, uh, getting a getting an, uh, a push uh, right after this and uh, seeing real estate and not even the real estate areas like uh, let's say say a condominium set or something like that. But I see. Uh, individual homes in neighborhoods probably again being uh, purchased for for second home ownership, wow. which uh, which again it, it changes the makeup of a uh, of a town overall. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the last uh, last topic since we're talking about your your neck of the woods, um, yep. you're teaching at Paul Smith's College. That's right. And uh, do you want to say anything about that uh, institution, or maybe like you teaching uh, undergrads who want to enter the hospitality industry as managers? Well, uh, it it depends. Some people uh, are looking at it from an entrepreneurial standpoint. You know, their idea is to uh, ultimately have a, a food and beverage or or a lodging establishment uh, of their own. Other people want to go in and make a career of uh, of managing either um, with a privately owned property mm-hmm. or group of properties or with a, a larger company like, oh, a Hilton or a Marriott or something of that nature. Uh, other people are interested in specific aspects of the hospitality industry. Some people are interested in major events and festivals and and those sorts of things. Uh, you know, I always get a few people who, who just want to be a wedding planner, right? You know, and uh, either really? on their own or part. Oh, and yeah. You can go to college for, for that. Uh, well, uh, what we teach them, because I, you know, I ultimately say, look, you're not, you're not going to be a wedding planner for too long. Mm-hmm. You know, this is my, my tough talk. Uh, but uh, if you're interested in that sort of thing, let's teach you the, uh, the overall business of, uh, of events mm-hmm. and of tourism management and that sort of thing. And then when you go into uh, wedding planning, look, talk about a burnout rate. <laughs> wedding planners <laughs> have a tough time of it, right? Because I wouldn't uh, know. You, I, well, uh, I'm sure you, you, you've been to a wedding. And you know how they are very managed and very high stress for those people who are Especially involved. the bride. Yeah. And really, look, I've told, remember, I, I ran uh, country clubs for a while. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always told the bride, look, I know you think this is your wedding, but it's not. It's, uh, it's your mom's wedding. So of course. Let's, uh, let's keep that in yeah. mind. Right from the very Set the priorities straight. Yeah, exactly. Uh, at any rate, it is a very high stress. So imagine if that was your... Uh, living, bringing uh, people through that very high stress piece time and time and time again. So, you know, picking out the flowers and the, uh, and the cake, that doesn't seem that appealing hmm. uh, after the hundredth time when really what you're dealing with are uh, meltdowns and uh, that sort of stuff. The real money in that area is, is, is business, uh, conference, business, meeting, conventions. And you think it's going to continue uh, even post this whole virus uh, scare? Uh, sure. I, I mean, Ultimately, it will. You know, since I was in uh, college myself, uh, in I went to school for hotel administration, and uh, we were told then that uh, you know conference things, this Zoom meetings and that yeah. sort of stuff, we're going to take over. That no one was going to go and uh, get together in the same room to decide things, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And uh, it'll be interesting to see how everybody's use of these softwares, if, if people have become comfortable enough with them, uh, to say, "Gosh." This is just as effective as meeting in person. Obviously not. Or, yep. And, or, or will people uh, simply say, oh, I cannot wait until I can get back in a room mm-hmm. and uh, react to nonverbal cues and uh, social cues and that sort of thing. Uh, I'm finding it, you know, I, I'm teaching online right now. <laughs> I'm doing my best. I don't know. I'm, hopefully I'm, I'm getting everybody through for the end of the semester in a positive way. Mm-hmm. 
So you're going to be online for for the rest of the semester? Uh, yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. We're uh, uh, yeah, and you know, many uh, many schools uh, are thinking about what to do about say commencement, mm. and, uh, you know, the graduation ceremony. Uh, is there a way to put all that online? You know, I have seniors who are doing these capstone presentations. Right, they're four years. They have a culminating project. How are they going to disseminate that information in a way that feels meaningful uh, in an online forum? So we have a lot of challenges uh, ahead, not only to get the information out, because, look, we can do that through Zoom and we, or, or other uh, technologies like that. But to, to have it feel like it's been done in a satisfactory way, that people feel some sort of real engagement. And I think that is what uh, these things lack. You know, at least half of them are playing video games behind the screens. Oh, I know. Absolutely. And, and I just want them to feel socially connected uh, to one another. You know, it's, 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 uh, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. And, you know, besides teaching, you also do consulting. Oh, yeah. And... <laughs> uh, I do. I do. I do two other things. Um, I do uh, some consulting in, in both uh, uh, hospitality and uh, by hospitality, I mean, uh, mainly lodging and tourism, uh, as well as uh, individually on uh, in, in food and beverage. And I've done that for uh, for medium-sized organizations as well as uh, startups, mm-hmm. not entirely to get somebody from from uh, uh, completely off the ground. But often I'm uh, uh, I'm hired to go into operating uh, places that are already operating and figure out uh, how to tweak the system in order to maximize some profits there. Mm-hmm. So I do that, and I also uh, I also do improv comedy with uh, Montreal Improv. Oh, I forgot. Is in, <laughs> not me uh, in, uh, in in Montreal, Quebec, where um, where I've been doing improv comedy there for about ten years, which is where we met actually, not right. in improv comedy, but, uh, but right. there in yeah, exactly. Well, uh, it seems like we've um, exhausted our time yeah. limit for today. We certainly have covered a lot of, uh, but this is typical of a conversation that we might have that we uh, we cover a lot. Oh yeah, of, uh, very a lot authentic. Of yes. <laughs> okay. Certainly, certainly authentic. Uh, as the last sort of like, uh, first of all, thank you so much for being my first guest because I loved uh, it. This is the pilot episode, and I'm hoping to make something out of it that I can show to other potential guests and who have been asking me about the tone and the, you know, the flair of the whole. Yeah. And uh, so thank you very much. And I wanted to also plug your future website, which is about to be launched, which mm. is going to be uh, joconto.com. Great. At That's least that was J- the idea, right? I love it. J-O-E-C-O-N-T-O.com. Perfect. Yeah. So um, thank you very much. And I hope to speak with you in one of the future episodes. I love it. I know a lot about everything. Uh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you.